Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the second Saturday of November, November 13th, 2021. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator, Sister Helena Thompson, Minister of Music. I, usually, sir, I Carolyn Cunningham, usually serve as the worship leader. Today, Sister Shante Lydia McKissick will offer the altar prayer. Our preacher today is Minister Juanita Purdy. The invitation to discipleship will be offered by Sister Greta. Our pastor, uh, Reverend Millicent Black, will take over as worship leader after the invitation to giving. She will also offer the final remarks and the benediction. In your daily prayers, we're asking that you please pray for Refuge from the Storm church members, the worldwide church, our families and friends, PIs worldwide, and advocacy and activist groups. Pray for the loved ones of those who have died from the coronavirus. Pray for the overtaxed medical professionals during this time of dire need. Pray that all government officials be moved by the Holy Spirit to do the will of God. Pray for victims of the climate crisis around the world. Pray for all refugees, particularly the Haitians, who are fleeing multiple crises from the earthquake to political upheaval and extreme violence. Thank you for your attention. Now, we will hear the opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six. Gotta have that joy, hallelujah. So we bless the Lord, we bless the Lord today. Always excited to be here, gotta have that joy. So. I'm excited as always. I just give honor to God for his presence in my life, his presence, his provisions, his love. Oh man, I mean, he just does not withhold any good thing from me. 
We just bless the Lord for it. I bless the Lord for Pastor Millicent and her support. Um, she has been just an, a great asset to my life, and and I just I'm indebted um, to her kindness um, and her openness to allow God to use me. Um, to grow me and he grew me and I'm like so grateful because um, you can't be changed by God and not see the just the astounding benefits of it. So I bless the Lord for her and each of you who have taken the time out to come and be a part of our services as we endeavor to learn more about our wonderful God, the God that we serve, the God that we love, the God that loves us. And so I'm just so grateful that you're, you come to be a part of the fellowship of believers, but also the endeavor to know our God just all the more. So with that being said, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am going to um, read the scripture and then I'll give you the title. Um, the last time I was on, we talked about or I, I, I um, spoke on love and why um, it is so important that we learn to express our love to God. We know he loves us and we say that all the time, but we're in a relationship. And in that relationship, if, if we all know the importance of expressing our love for each other in a relationship. Well, we're in a relationship with God and he should get no less. And so, of course, I said that the, the next few sermons would be about um, these various feelings and emotions that we have to really learn how to navigate um, when you are going through persecutions and targeting. So I just, today we're going to talk about joy, which is the joy of the Lord, our strength. But we're going to be coming from um, the text of a Hebrew, the 12th chapter, and um, we're going to read the first through the third verse. And I'm going to read that right now. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus on Jesus, I will add here, fixing our eyes on Jesus, not the perpetrators, Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand on the throne of God. Consider him 
who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we smile, okay? Why do we smile? Why do we have joy? <laughs> because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So our title today is the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. And when it's our strength, oh, I mean, this, <laughs> this just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I have been working out. Um, I, I don't know if I share it with, every, you know, everybody. I know I shared on the fellowship um, call that I um, had a personal trainer. And thank God I did, because, I mean, it has really changed everything about me physically. Um, and, you know, I, I'm so thankful because of, um, I mean, I have in, increased strength. As, as a matter of fact, my, <laughs> my, my strength increased so much. I was opening the door um, to the library at work and just pull the handle right on off of the door. It's like I was trying to open the door and I pulled the handle off. It's like now we're all stuck in here because I pulled the handle off the door and they're just looking at me like, what did you just do? I'm like, swipe it on my personal trainer. I can't help if I'm strong now. But anyway, the strength will take you a long way. Now imagine the strength that I got just by using a machine. Imagine the strength that we have in the Lord. Just, I, I just want you to just let that sink in. Imagine the strength. And not only the strength, but the joy that adds to our strength. So as I, as I um encourage you in this message. I, I just pray that every word, just sit down and let it, just let it saturate you. Whatever part of it that, that pierces you, let it pierce you. Whatever part of it, let it, let it do it. Let the word of God do what it needs to do in your life so that it's transforming power will take place. I understand that more than ever, especially going through that grueling, it was has been a grueling um, physical training. And my, my, my um, uh, personal trainer will not let me off the hook on anything. And it is grueling. It is so grueling, but it has been so beneficial. So we have to exercise our spiritual muscle, even when we don't like it, we don't feel like it, um, when it's not what we want to do, but it's something that God requires of us. So let's go into the message. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your transforming power. We thank you, Lord, that we open ourselves up right now, Father God, because you said in your word that when the seed is sown. So right now, Father God, through your Holy Spirit, I ask you to just, just tap into each person 
Father God, so that our souls are open to receive. Even, Lord, you said that the, the speaker is the first partaker. <laughs> we are the first ones. So, Lord, I thank you that you open us up, open us up to receive your word so that it will produce a harvest in us. Lord, we're, we're, you said that it will produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold, but Father God, we want to aim for the 100 fold uh, return. A hundredfold return for the kingdom, a hundredfold return for our life, a hundredfold return on what you're doing in us. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. We bless you. We ask you to lead this time in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, have your way. Amen, amen, amen. So in the last message, the focus was on our expression of love toward God. Um as we express our love toward God, it deepens our relationship with God. And there are some benefits of that. The benefits of this deepened relationship is increased faith. And we already know God has told us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, you know, we want to please God with our unwavering faith with him. I mean, if he's already told us that it's impossible to please him without faith, it's impossible to please him. And one of the things we want to be doing is making sure that we're just building, building a fortress of faith in God so that we know that he's pleased. And so, of course, um, we want our faith to be unwavering unwavering. We want God to be pleased with our unwavering faith. Second, it builds our trust in him. Now, like, well, those two different things. Faith is to belief as trust is to dependency. So, and there is a difference because with our faith, we believe God, we believe in God, we believe in God's capabilities. With our trust, we depend on God. And so I believe that God can do anything. There is absolutely nothing too hard for God. We, we hear that, we know it, we believe it, nothing. But do I trust God or depend on God to work out my circumstances? Yes, he can do all things. But do I depend on him to do all things? Mm. So do I depend on him to work out my circumstances? Do I trust that he will do it for me? Yeah, he may do it for some, but will he do it for me? See, we want to be, we want to build on that relationship because those are the things that are benefits from the relationship. It's just like a marriage. You have the you 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 have faith in your spouse. You have faith in your spouse to care for you, to be there for you. But sometimes our trust of our spouse can waver. You know, will he cheat on me? I mean, that is just something that, you know, that's that's one of the things that have ended a lot of marriages. Um, I know he loves me, but is it strong enough to keep him out of another's, another person's intimate space? 
See, that's where the trust comes in. You got to be able to trust them. And we can have faith in them, but can we trust them? And so that's where having that deep, intimate relationship is absolutely crucial because it will build the faith and it will build the trust. And it also increases our knowledge and our understanding of God's love and his heart. The Bible becomes part, and we have to understand this, the Bible becomes part of our marriage covenant with God. That's part of our marriage covenant. That, and, and so we abide in this, this marriage every day, which um, in turn, as we are making sure that we're just fulfilling our roles in it, it increases our inner strength and our peace, but it also deepens the love relationship. And part of that love relationship is finding joy in each other. Oh my goodness. I can't, I mean, you wake up and you know, that's, you just want to see the love of your life. Okay. That's that deep relationship, that deep intimacy. The first thing I want to do is good morning, God. Oh, just, I mean, it's so great to be, to have you in my life, you know? And so we want the benefits of a deeper, more intimate relationship. So we talked about love last time. So today um, we are going to reflect on that other French benefit of a deeper love relationship with God, which is the joy, the joy that follows. So what is joy? So joy, according to the dictionary, is an enduring feeling of gladness and hope. Joy transcends some of the most tragic and devastating situations. Joy is both an internal condition and an external expression. It's both an internal condition and an external expression. So let's use the scriptures to look more in depth of uh, this benefit of our relationship with Christ. So joy is not premised on our perception. It shouldn't be. You don't want something as important as joy to be premised on your um, perception or your experience. Joy is imparted through the divine relationship and hope that we have in Christ Jesus. We are encouraged in Hebrews that as we fix our eyes on Jesus and the work that he will finish in us, joy is present. That is very important. Because when we fix our eyes on everything else, it's going to bleed out that joy. And we're going to talk about that a little later on. But it's so important, according to Hebrews, that we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. 
It also warns us in Hebrews that we must cast off everything that hinders us. The name of you. Now, you say, well, how do I cast it off? Well, targeting, for example, to name a few. If, if we're constantly, our eyes are fixed on it, okay? You miss those little directions, those little instructions that God has in reserve for you to be an overcomer over every circumstance and situation. Because we have to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. We have to have our eyes fixed on ready and, and, and able and listening for the little instructions, the directions, the next steps. We like to call them in education. What are the next steps? We got to be listening because he says that the steps of the righteous are ordered to him. But if, if, if our attention is over here and over there, I say this to my students all the time. Because here I'm teaching my little heart out. Just, just thinking I'm doing a wonderful job, you know. Hey, that means this is a good lesson if I don't say so myself. And their mind is way over somewhere that I can't find it. They can't find it. You have to send out heaven to find where their minds are. I mean, they don't miss everything. And I'm starting to question them on this good lesson that I've taught them. And they, they, they don't remember anything. I'm like, wait, hold up. I poured out my heart. Out. <laughs> what? How did you miss that? Where were you? You were sitting right here in class. How could you have missed it? Well, if your focus is way over yonder, <laughs> you're certainly not going to hear or see what's in so it's so important that we fix our eyes on Jesus, the name of you. So it tells us um, that we have to get rid of those things that hinder us um, or sins entangle us. Now, you know, we don't like to hear it, but uh, the truth of the matter is, like I said, I said in the beginning, if it pierce you, just let it and just let God just do what he needs to do to transform our lives. Unforgiveness would be naming a few. Prolonged anger. The Bible tells us to not let anger, not let the sun set on our anger, okay? Because prolonged anger actually leads to bitterness. And then when you start dealing with bitterness, I mean, you're at a whole nother level of, of an emotional state. And we'll talk about, you know, those states a little later on. But so we want to fix our eyes on Jesus and not experiences that the devil want us to focus on. Why? Because our experiences and our perceptions will change. It will change from year to year. And as conditions change, so will our experience and our perceptions will follow that. But joy is a constant. It's a constant. It will always be made available to us through our relationship as a child of God. The only way it can be taken from us is that we surrender it. And God expects us to utilize this joy to carry us from day to day and from hope to hope. He expects us to utilize the joy. 
because it's that joy that's going to take us through the little things, the big things, and everything that's in between. So he has given that to us as a tool, and we are supposed to use it. Romans 12.12 tells us to be hopeful in affliction. So what are afflictions? Well, a dictionary definition is something, an affliction is something that causes pain or suffering. It's also being grievously troubled. Other synonyms would be misery and hardship. Everything. And that spells out the word targeting. So these are instructions from the manual of our daily instructions, which is the Bible. It is our manual of daily instruction. So if God has instructed us to do it, obviously, in the doing is the remedy for all of our ills. See, it, even if it is just the obedience of it, that obedience align us in God's perfection. And when it aligns us, then things happen because we're in line with the, the God of the universe that causes everything to move and change at the pace that he wants it to. So it's so, so important that if it spells it out in our manual of daily instructions, that we just learn to uh, just take it in absorb it, let it saturate us and permeate us so it becomes part of our God nature. So I want you to bear with me as I touch on some scriptures to help us align this important concept because it is crucial and um, we need it. It's part of our ability. It's going to be part of our ability to fulfill and carry out God's manifest destiny for our life. That means that God has a destiny. And God's, through this journey and our walk, um, in our obedience to God, doing and letting him order our steps, taking us day by day through the processes, the, the destiny starts to manifest itself, okay? It, it starts to unwind. And so we want the ability we want to position ourselves so that God's manifest destiny is being unfolded in our life. Okay, so First Peter 1, um, 8 um, and 9, and it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That joy is for you, is for me, is for the next person, okay? That joy we're receiving is the end result of our faith. 
We got to understand that. So joy is part of the results of our faith. But the, the scripture said glorious joy, um, the salvation of our soul. So we're receiving the joy as part of our faith and our the the total salvation. I call it a salvation package. Okay. It is a package. And you get a package deal when you give yourself to the Lord. There's a package deal that comes with it. Got all kinds of benefits that's that's in it, in this package deal. And part of that is joy. That's you know, salvation, that's a that's a great deal within itself, but it comes with other benefits as well. So uh joy is part of that package deal of salvation. So our next scripture is Psalm 16, 11. And I can tell you um, that is uh, that I quote this every day, every day, every day, because uh, I mean, it's God's word. And I, we're supposed to saturate our atmosphere with the word of God. And so, of course, um, Psalms 1611 read, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Anytime I'm in the presence, not only in the presence, but his presence is in me. And because his presence is in me, he fills me with his joy. So whether I go into his presence, which is, you know, as I enter into that time, that communion with him, or where I abide in his presence, the abiding that Jesus tells us, and we'll talk about that a little later on. Guess what? The joy is there. That's part of the package deal. I get the joy. So it says, you fill me with your joy, fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So I ask you, um, do we bleed blood? Yes. Yes, we do. We bleed blood. Can you bleed to death? Yes. Yes, you can. Um, can you bleed your joy? Yes, you can. But I say we surrender our joy. We surrender our joy. How? How do we surrender our joy? Well, we surrender our joy by focusing on the problems of our afflictions, because I just read in the scripture that it tells us that we have to keep our eyes. Hebrew tells us we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, which means, guys, for wherever there is thesis, there is antithesis. So wherever there is a, a pole, there is going to always be a polar opposite. So where you got a pole, there's going to be a polar opposite. Where there's a positive, there's going to be a negative. Where's the up, there's going to be a down, okay? So if you're don't, if your eyes are not fixed on Jesus, then they're, they're fixed on the problem or whatever the situation is. fixed on something else. Let's put it that way because it doesn't always have to be a problem. It can be, it can be fixed on anything, but it's fixed on something else. So... Hebrews tells us already, I had read that, that um, we are to fix our eyes on Jesus. So 
when we focus on the problem, we fix our eyes on the problem or our afflictions, um, then right there, we're surrendering our joy. We're surrendering our joy because clearly it tells us that joy being part of the package deal, we are to fix our eyes on Jesus. So, um, and the last scripture I want to look at is Habakkuk, uh, the third chapter, the 17th through the 18th verse. And it reads, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. That's our relationship. That's where our fullness of joy is. Now, you know, I can, there is so much in these, these texts that I, I could literally read in and break it down and let you see that it is just not about the provision because these, each one of these things represent more than just a, a provision in, in terms of substance. It represents even a, a, a state of being. And so when we look at this, we are not looking at, oh, well, they just don't have any food or they just don't have. No, it is a state of being. This could be a provision of, of health, okay? It could be a provision of strength. It could be a provision of peace. I mean, it could go on and on and on. But what Habakkuk is saying here is no matter what the conditions are, no matter what the conditions are and where the conditions or the, the, the situation with the conditions are happening, he said this, I will be joyful in God, my savior. There's that salvation package coming up again. And he said, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. That is part of our relationship. And part of our relationship, you get the package deal. That package deal is where our fullness of joy is. So Jesus explained to his disciples in the 15th chapter of John, and I would encourage you to go back and read the whole chapter. But in the 15th chapter of John, that our complete joy, the fullness of joy, come from one, one, obedience to his instructions, and two, having the loving relationship with him. Okay, so Jesus, as he was explaining what the um, expectations were, he said, um, he said, and when these things are in order, he said, your ask, whatever you ask, are answered by God. 
God will answer whatever you ask so that your joy is completed in him. And he gets glorified. So there it, it always in a in a, a covenant relationship, it's a give and a take. You give, you take. That's what makes it so wonderful. It's not just one-sided. And so Jesus is telling them, God wants your joy to be complete. So whatever you ask in my name is going to be done. And guess what? God, our Father, is glorified and your joy is completed. And not only that, you're fruitful too from it. Wow. Now, I want us to understand that there are fruits that we receive by virtue of the Holy Spirit. I told you it was a package deal. <laughs> you don't just get one thing when you accept Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, so there are the fruits of the Spirit uh, that we receive by virtue of the Holy Spirit. But just like there are measures of faith given to each man by essence of being saved through Christ, just like faith is increased, joy is given in measures and God wants us to experience his complete joy. It's given in measures. So I wanna say a word about the um, John, the 15th chapter, and we're gonna look at the seventh and the eighth verse, but I want us to understand that Jesus said, we can ask. He, he want us to ask. But uh, the verse says, I'm going to read the verse for us. This uh, John 15, 78. And it says, if you remain in me and my word remain in you. And I think that is so important that we understand um, what's, what this is saying. So, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So my question to you is, what language are you speaking? Okay, that is, that's critical. And, you know, that's something that we should be asking ourselves. I'm asking it to you right now, but, you know, I want you to write that question down so that you can ask yourself that all the time to make sure that your words, the language you're speaking is the same words that we are, we're supposed to be speaking. That one language that we speak to uh, through Jesus Christ, to God, our father. So it, I, it's so important. I wanna give you this example, okay? Um, computer. Now you have businesses that may be, you know, they have their business headquarters in the United States or they may have the business headquarter in another nation. But guess what? They are doing business all across the globe. They can be in one place and doing business all across the globe. Why? Because of the ability of the computer. Okay, computers around the globe are able to speak to each other. They're able to decode messages, encode messages, and carry out amazing and very complicated operations 
because they speak the same language. Now, you know, I, I always have to apologize because I know, you know, God give me some, you know, if, when he give me the word, oh man, I'm like, it's transforming. That's all I can say is transforming. And sometimes, you know, we don't want that change to happen just yet. And we'll fight against it. But I apologize right now ahead of time. Because when you give me a transforming word, it's for all of our goods. So, um, but trust me, I, I don't in any way try to offend. But I just have to give it to you as he gives it to me. So, understand this. If we are to experience God's change, we are to experience his power, we're to experience his joy. If we're to, to experience his victory, if we're to experience our answered prayers, we have to speak the same language that he speaks. So I ask you again, what language do you speak? Does it parallel the word of God? Does it parallel the word of God? Is it the word of God? Does it unify with God's coding, which is in your manual? We come to church to learn more about the language that we should be speaking in the presence of God and each other. You see, I lived in Germany, being married to a military soldier. They had us all over the place. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I lived in Germany for three years and I've traveled to several foreign countries. And I can tell you, when you speak a different language than the native tongue, it is a struggle to make anything happen. It's a struggle to order food. I mean, you just want the right food. I'll never forget, I went to a restaurant. It was a McDonald's in um, Germany, right? And so I go in and I want a hamburger. Well, you know, a hamburger in America is ground beef, on two buns, a hamburger in Germany is ground beef, a piece of ham and a piece of ham on two buns. I'm like, why are they putting ham on my hamburger? I don't want ham on my hamburger, okay? It was simple enough to take the ham off, but I did not know that a hamburger requires a piece of ham to be put on a burger. I mean, talk about confusion in the language. Seriously, that is so, that is why we really, really need to make sure that we are speaking the same language. Okay, now that's a simple thing, but imagine it can get very complicated. Thank God it didn't. But I just want us to understand this. It is so important that our lines of communication synchronize with God's 
communication with his word, okay? So how do we do this? Jesus tells us right off the cuff in John 15, seven, he said, remain in me and my word in you, my word in you. Now we've been given a lot of words. We know a lot of words. We spend years and years and years in school, 12 years in, in, in just the basic level school, and then another four to eight to 12 years in advanced school. So we learn a lot of codings and we learn a lot of language. And that's okay, it has its place. But Jesus wants us to learn his language. He wants us to learn the language of the kingdom, which is in our manual. So, 15.7, remain in me and my word in you. So here is what we need to know. When you were born again, the word became written on your heart. It is our job to get in the word, to study, to nurture that word, to memorize it, to do it, to speak it forth, to live it out so that it becomes rooted, grounded, unmovable, and unshakable in us. That's when you need it, you can apply the word because it's there, it's rooted in you. Even if you're not at that point, you learn to turn to God's word for the solutions or answers you seek. I, I, I have to quote this scripture and I've quoted this scripture more times than I care to admit. <laughs> But it seems that this is so hard for us to comprehend. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah, the first chapter, the 12th verse, God tells Jeremiah that he watches over, after he told Jeremiah that he was calling him and called him from the youth that he wanted him to, to speak his word, to speak his word forth, because he was going to call him to plant, to uproot, uh, to tear down, to build up. Then he tells him, I watch over my word to perform it, ready to perform it. Why? Because he gave Jeremiah the charge to speak his word. Same thing with us. He has given us the charge to speak his word. And then he says, I watch over it to perform it. He also said in Psalms 147, 15, he says he sent his word upon the earth and his word runs swiftly. I, it, it's, it's not too hard for God to do, to do sudden changes in our lives. Because it, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take much for him. I mean, take a lot more for us. We're trying to synchronize and align. But with God, it's a done deal. 
So our ask is according to God's word so that he is glorified and we bear much fruit and our joy is completed. See, it sounds like a very simple formula for success. <laughs> it is. It really is a very simple formula for success. So what causes the hiccups in our lives that often steals our joy? When I say still, I mean the cunningness and the craftiness of the enemy that creates distractions and it causes wounds that will cause us to bleed out our joy. So I want you to hear this and listen. So neuroscience tells us that our brain is wired to notice negative feelings and emotions first. I'm like, oh, that's the problem. Yeah. We're wired to notice feelings, negative feelings, and emotions first. Why? It's a survival mechanism. Now, remember, we were put out the garden. So our survival, this is a primitive thing. Once we lost that 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 relationship with God and all those benefits that was in the garden, now it became a survival thing. And so we've developed these primitive instincts and these primitive um, e emotions and, and actions and hormones that helps us survive this world that we live in now. So we're wired that way, okay? So you see trouble, you identify it as trouble, then all of these hormones that suppresses happiness, such as cortisol and adrenaline and noradrenaline, these hormones are released. And as these hormones are released, they trigger feelings that could be anger, helplessness, depression, anxiety. All of it is part of that primitive response by your amygdala, which causes you to enter into the fight, flight, or freeze zone. So from childhood on, we have developed responses to our perceived dangers. And those responses remain in us and with us until we are rewired or we rewire our brain and learn a different way to respond to perceived threats. Now, I use the word perceived threats because a lot of times, because we are in a hypervigilant state, our minds will overcompensate and we tend to exaggerate the intensity of the threat. I'm not saying that it's not as intense. I'm saying that we tend to because of the all the hormones and uh, the reactions that's going on inside of us, okay? So an example, a person feels pain in their chest. They've been told that it's a sign of a heart attack. So what do they do? They go into panic mode without really knowing if it's indeed a heart attack. That is just a typical, very simple um, example, but this, these things are carried out in us all the time. 
and we over-respond or we over-correct situations. It's just like, you know, um, when you're driving a car and, you know, the suddenly something happened and we over-correct and that causes, especially in the rain, okay, because the car is slipping and sliding, we overcorrect, and before you know it, got all kinds of troubles. Uh, those things tend to happen because of that, that response, that flight, flight, fight, flight, or freeze response. Okay. And so we do go into panic mode. Um, and, and most of our situations is not a bad thing unless it is causing us a lot of dysfunction. And that dysfunction can be, you know, I mean, it, 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 when your your life is a gloom and doom, it's, it's time for a change. Okay, we should have hope. Um, but we'll go on. So <clears throat> if it's causing a lot of dysfunction, we want to definitely like immediately let's start looking at ways to address that. But it's part of our survival mechanism. So where is the problem? Well, here's the problem. When we're born again of God's nature, we're born again of God's nature, not of human origin. Okay, we are born again of God's nature, even though the human origin is still there, we are to build on God's nature, not the human origin. So as we build on God's nature, we have to understand he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. When we perceive threats, our God nature has to be triggered. We have to make sure that the God nature in us is triggered. This is why we attend church services, Bible study, prayer, other activities and events that's going to nurture the God nature in us. So, how do you respond to those threats? Well, as a targeted, persecuted, targeted individual, the, the whole system will, they, they already know this, okay? I mean, they have doctors and all kinds of other people who are working with them that knows. I mean, they already got the prediction already written out. Okay, I mean, seriously, I'm just going to let you know that. So these threats are, you know, often and sometimes they happen in succession. So imagine responding in the human origin. When you respond in the human origin, okay, you are going to respond in a way that's going to cause you to bleed out your joy. It's going to cause you to not only bleed out your joy, but it's going to breed anger and contempt and bitterness and fear and every other negative emotion because we're programmed that way. 
We are programmed in the survival mode as in the human origin. So guess what? Since this whole program knows that in the human origin, you're programmed to act that way or to respond that way, they got it on lock. But when we take on God's nature and use his coding and his programming, it changes your response, which changes your brain wiring and the hormones that are being released. So not only is it gonna change your response, God's nature is gonna change your response, it's also going to change your brain wiring and the hormones that are released. So instead of heavy doses of cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline, your response is gonna produce dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, um, the, the whole list of good hormones. So let me explain this to you. The Bible tells us to rejoice in trials and suffering. Why? Because it rewires your brain. It takes you from the human origin of responding that's going to lead to dysfunction to the God nature of responding that's going to lead to victory and the use of God's language and the alignment of God's word, which yields the package deal. So, when the Bible tells us to rejoice in trial and suffering, we want to do that because it rewires our brain to align with God's response system and the codes so that it will be done God's way and it will give you victory over it. One more problem. We're going to talk about. So the next is our responses. When God gives you a specific command, he expects us to obey it. Anything less, my good brothers and sisters and friends, anything less is disobedience. That's one of those ouchies. Okay? And it will block your alignment with God's provision. Doing it his way, no matter how foreign it seems from your human nature, is what he wants and needs you to do so that you can receive fully the transformation needed to change your circumstances. So I don't feel like rejoicing. It doesn't matter what I feel like. I am just putting this human nature in check 
this human origin and I'm doing it God's way because that's what God tells me to do. And he knows that my brain need to be rewired so that I don't focus on the problem. I focus on Jesus. I fix my eyes on Jesus because that's where my salvation is. And I get a package deal when I do it his way. I know that can be hard, but we want to do it his way. He wants us to do it because he's the one that has created us and he knows all of these things. We don't know all of these things because we don't study neuroscience. But I do because I love studying the brain and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I actually wanted to be a psychiatrist, but they wanted me to dissect sharks and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I am not doing all that. I believe in animals' rights. And I just don't think that this is right. And then I kind of figured that I didn't like the gore and all of that other stuff, like blood and all of that stuff. I'm like, no, I can't do this. So I changed my major. No psychiatry for me, but I love neuroscience. I love to study the brain. Anyway, so um, just a little tidbit to just chill us out a little bit. But anyway, because sometimes this can be some hard preaching. I'm like, Lord, we got to throw a little humor in there so they all don't run away. <laughs> Let them to stay. He said, come back, forest, come back, forest. But anyway, we have to throw that in there so, you know, we're all like, okay, (laughs) ease that piercing a little bit. But I want to say this, and we're going to get ready to close it a little bit. But doing it his way, no matter how far it seems from our human nature, is what he needs from us. Because he is, he is really, our transformation is hard because of our disobedience. And you can read that. I mean, just, I mean, we've already gone through, you know, the most of the Old Testament. And you can see how hard it was to transform them because of that disobedience. So we already know that, you know, we're that human nature, that human origin okay, can be very difficult to share. That's why it's ever so critical and crucial that we do the word of God and be just out, outright intentional about it. So um, when we align our way with God's way, as Jesus clearly demonstrated, we, and we are expected to know I mean, um, he tells us that in his word and he, I mean, I'm sorry, but he wants us to be plugged in. He wants us to be aligned, to speak the same language and the same codes as he speak. And we get that from the manual. So I'm going to give you another situation. So at work, okay, I'm, I, I, I bless the Lord for this because I see it as an opportunity and I thank God. Um, so I don't know how I got picked to do this, 
Um, I know that I had said at one point I wanted to, um, we have a CM, we have a, um, the TV that we broadcast our announcements to, and, you know, they gave us some pretty, you know, nice equipment. I mean, really nice equipment, some good stuff, you know, the good stuff that, you know, major companies are using. So, of course, you know, I said that I wanted to learn how to do it, um, but they gave me responsibility for it. And so, you know, the guy came in and did a two-hour training. Two-hour training, guys. Now, you know, I mean, there's a lot of buttons and a lot of, like, screens and frames and stuff on, on this program. And he trained us for two hours. And I'm like, really? Seriously? So I'm like, I learned absolutely nothing in those two hours. I mean, I was just getting my brain warmed up to just, you know, (laughs) know the name of it and whatnot. But he trying to get us to do the complicated stuff. So I had to go back and I'm still doing it. I mean, the manual he trained us for two hours. The manual is 452 pages. Like, really? I mean, this is a full-time job, just learning how to work this program alone. But I thank God for the opportunity to do it. And, you know, we used it to put together a veterans program. We weren't halfway, you know, prepared because, you know, the sound was not what it should have been. And we didn't know how to change the green screen. I mean, we using that program that they use like on, you know, news and stuff like that. I mean, it's a really nice program. And um, so learning how to do it is just awesome. But reading a 452 page manual is not so good. However, in order to be able to work the program, I got to understand the language and the coding of it. So I have to read the manual. The same thing, we got to understand and align with the language and the codes that God speak. He initiates the change in both our perception and our experience. So in the beginning, I read to you Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the first and the fifth verse. And it's telling us that if you go back and you read this, I want us to understand that Jesus has been there and he has done that. <laughs> See, we tend to think that this whole thing is new. The circumstances are not new. It's the same devil, different techniques. <laughs> There's nothing new about how the devil does his thing. So we need to understand as we read and continue to read and meditate on Hebrews, the first through the fifth chapter, Jesus has been there, he's done it, and now he is ready to lead you through it. I encourage you to embrace all of his way. He did not tell us, and this is where we're going to be offended, but it's okay. Let it pierce you and we'll move on. You go read it, go 
go through the Bible. We're going through the Bible. I want you to read it. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm not trying to be anything, but telling you how the word of God, how he told me, I'm just saying it. All right, so here it is. Did not tell you to run to the police or to anybody else. He said, his name is a strong tower and those who run to it find safety. You wanna feel safe? Run to the strong tower, okay? His name is the strong tower. And I can tell you right now, because I'm fixing to preach, that if his name can't keep you safe, ain't no human on this earth that can do anything. So I would say to you, you'll get more benefits from running to the Bible than you will running outside your doors to someone else's door. And that's the truth. Know that your God is able. No. Believe and trust that your God, our God, my God, everybody who says that they are his children are able. He is able to keep you safe. He is able to deliver you. He is able to protect you. Just align with his manual. Dig in it. Not from the human origin or the human perspective. Let the Holy Spirit take you through that word. You can't understand it from the flesh. You have to be in the spirit. You have to let the Holy Spirit teach you. Let him find the solutions for it. I encourage you. As I told you, I read Psalms, uh, the 16th chapter, uh, the six, uh, Psalms, the 16th chapter. I read the whole thing. But one of the things it, it tells us is that, you know, he fills us with pleasures. Well, anticipate good days. Why is it, it why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put my hope in God. Put your hope in God. When you put your hope in God, the downcast has to flee. Anticipate good days ahead with unlimited potential. We already said there's nothing too hard for God. Let Jesus direct your path. He said he would, but he tells us that we have to acknowledge him in all of our ways. So when you acknowledge God, it's not, okay, God, rubber stamp my ideas. Rubber stamp the next thing I'm going to do. No, God, I need you to show me what's next. 
because I don't know. And I'm not going to move. I'm going to say, like Moses said it, God, we aren't moving from this place unless you go with me. I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I need you to show me. So let him direct your path. Let him change your perception. Because the human nature perception is going to see the gloom and doom. But the God nature sees hope. Sees victory. Let him direct your responses. The human nature is going to respond in fear and timidity. The God, the God nature is, says, I, I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power pulling down these strongholds. Why? Because I have authority to do it through Christ Jesus. Let him direct your experiences. I want us to understand that good days and bad days are going to happen to all of us. The Bible clearly tells us in Matthews 5.45, God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. This is not to undermine targeting. It is to go beyond targeting. Take your life beyond these programs that these people have set for your life. Take God. God has uh, propelled your life beyond that. He has manifested your destiny beyond what some person or, or system has programmed for your life. The devil is a liar. But if we continue to perceive what the programming want us to do because we're responding and acting in the human nature instead of the God nature, then we give the enemy what they want. The devil is a liar. I want us to know that God wants us to live out our life and purpose that he has granted to us. Do you not know that this situation had already, he already knew about it before you got to it. So why not seek his way of moving you through it? This is not a surprise to God. He already knew. He already knew. Now, he's already told us what's going to happen to the end of time. Somehow he missed this. Come on now. Got to give him a lot more credit than what we do. So let him lead you through it. So. One thing that 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 sometimes, you know, it just I don't know. I'm just going to say this. The people of the world, 
you know, they they use like all kinds of substances and situations and things that, you know, but they seem pretty happy. I mean, they're living in the flesh, but they, man, they have lots of smiles. We should, I mean, our life should be so much more ahead of that. Now, we know we're going to be persecuted. We already know that. But we got a package deal. And that's what Hebrews 12 is telling us. That, you know, regardless of what we are having to see or endure or experience here, here, you know, even in the days to come and are yet to come, are here and now and are yet to come, God got it. God got it. He's already transformed our life when he went to the cross and he defeated death. He defeated the grave and he defeated the devil. So our life was transformed then. Now he just wants us to walk it out. And how do we walk it out? Well, first we got to fix our eyes on Jesus. I don't know how many times I've said that, but that's the beginning right there. It's fixing our eyes on him. He is the one that's going to navigate us through the tedious journey. He is the pioneer. The pioneer is the person who is the first to explore or settle a new country or a new area. So guess what? Jesus has already settled these matters for you. But he needs you to follow him. He needs you to follow his instructions. He needs you to speak his language. Cling to his instructions, cling to his directions, cling to his language. He has gone through it and his job is to perfect your faith. This is not only his joy, but it's his job. I've said that before. It's not only his joy, but it's his job. He wants to do it. And it's already been done by the cross. So God is directing or will direct your step if you let him to the same place, the same state of glory, the same notable achievements. <laughs> you know, God does things big. I mean, big, he does things big. So notable achievements, that's just commonplace for God. But he also wants you to receive the rewards, both in this lifetime and in the one to come. And how do we do that? Speak his language. Focus our eyes on him. Let the manual, that instruction, that covenant we're living with him, let it be your joy because it becomes your strength. And it's going to powwow its way through anything that the enemy tries to throw at you. We belong to him. And believe me, he knows how to take care of his own. Let him do it. 
Amen. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.